0: That's a big question. Are we going to miss Chase today or no? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Chase who? I mean, he does use a little like peppy intro that gets everybody he wakes like, everybody up. Yeah. Makes people spill to, their coffee. Let's start talking coyotes over there in the corner glaring at most of us. So welcome back to the Coyote Fitness Podcast. I think that's a that's a clear enough intro. We can just go with that. That was great, man. So we have basically the brain trust of fitness in the state of Mississippi all in one room, uh, somewhere else. So, and then but it's we have also these Caleb, three people: Hunter and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, nice. are, they are somewhere. I'm They're sorry. somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, so we'll take what we've got. Right. So uh, we've got Chris all the way in from the home office in Richland, what's up, <laughs> Mississippi, back with us here to have a conversation, basically uh, about that location, having it start up, and the different challenges that are there, the good things that are happening there, just to give it some airtime to be able to. Give some voice to that and see where the conversation goes. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so somebody's probably got a smart question. Is that supposed to be me?
1: Yeah, you're the smart one, Okay,
0: so when starting said, look, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, I've actually been out to Richland, had a workout out there at Richland. uh, Awesome people, very hospitable, and actually... (laughs) put me in the ground man i finished last in the class i was like well this is good to drop into a location and embarrass myself that's i feel that's, right at home yeah that's <laughs> probably, like, yeah yeah this is actually the cody family right yeah. yeah so uh but the location cool and people just so invested and bought in and obviously close to your stomping ground. so i i'm just curious about the experience because most of us we've heard that it's going on but we haven't been able to drop through there and spend time so it's been a pretty exciting step in your journey uh, being able to start something basically from the ground up out there, yeah,
2: yeah, it's been a blast. Um, it's been been a lot of fun to uh, to get out there and um take uh uh take the culture that uh, that we've built and um the things that we try to do and implement them there, uh, uh, there and um there in Richland and um just bringing uh bringing just a you know a different uh, different brand of a uh, fitness, bring our own way of doing things down there and uh, so far. People have seen a lot of really good results, and um, everybody's
0: uh, everybody's bought in, and we're seeing some growth. It's been great. Yeah, CrossFit wasn't foreign to that community, but the way that Coyote does CrossFit was a little bit foreign, and so even from the initial stages of, you know, we're going to make this place, I know all of you guys invest in that, we're going to make this place look Coyote, and we're going to bring the culture down there. Part of my curiosity is, what parts of the culture in Coyote have really impacted the people there the most? I
2: think really just, uh, just understanding the concept that we try to drive home to our people of, um, you know, not letting, don't let the workout, don't let your workout today ruin your workout tomorrow. You know, most days, you know, you want to attack, uh, you want to attack the workout with intensity, but also with quality of movement and also focusing on the things that's going to move the needle towards your goal so that's uh that really helps us um having uh having the track system that's uh that's something that was new to the people uh, to the people in our gym and um it took uh it took a while to kind of explain this is how uh this is how we're going to adjust things and tweak things towards uh towards your goal um if uh if it's not moving the needle towards uh towards your goal then we need to make some uh make some adjustments and that's not to say that you know being able to accomplish things like Handstand push-ups and muscle-ups and things like that. Not that those aren't awesome and great goals to have, but if your if your overall goal is fitness and weight loss and things uh, and things of that sort, then we need to make sure that we're attacking those workouts in a way that's going to allow you, first and foremost, to be consistent. To not just um uh to not do something that's going to just Put you uh put you down so hard that
0: you can't come back the next day and attack with the uh with the same intensity. Yeah not letting your workout today ruin your workout tomorrow does not mean skipping your workout today. Right. So that you can work out tomorrow. It, well and also and it's, not
1: letting it <laughs> where you can't show up the next day because you hurt yourself. And I think right. that isn't that something that that was a big priority from the beginning Chris It was getting you know the consistency of getting people coming four four or five days a week
2: yeah that was uh that was a big thing for sure when we when we first got started we had a lot of people that were uh you know in the uh two days this week four days the next week three days the week uh, the week after that and um uh and you know complain- you know always talking about being sore and fighting through these different things and so you know I had to kind of pull a uh, Talk some people into maybe uh, tapping on the brakes, pulling the reins back a little bit and just saying, uh, you know, OK, let's just uh, let's focus on first, you know, setting a setting a consistent habit of coming to the gym. That way you're not resetting and getting re-sore every uh, every couple of every couple of weeks. And letting that build up, uh, build up that foundation of volume to where, you know, when we want to start pushing the intensity on certain things, we can, and we can do it in a way that uh, we can do it in a way that's, uh, that's efficient and safe. I think it's funny, like just being
1: a part of this process now, four times of buying gyms and also starting with Coyote, it, you know, every gym is different. All the people look different, but kind of the, the – we have the same issues at every place, and a lot of it is always the consistency piece of trying to get people to come c- consistently four to five days a week every single week as opposed to, like Chris said, four four days one week, two days the next week, one, way, one, one day one week, and then three, you know, and just all over the map, whereas we want to try to get as many people as we can coming to the same four or five classes every single week and developing that habit, and it, it really just boils down to helping people develop those – those healthy fitness habits that are going to help them get reach their goals over the long term, and so um, even though the people look different, the facility looks different, and it's a different part of town. You know, it's still the same issues that we're trying to help you know
0: people solve. Yeah, Caleb, I would guess you'd had a similar experience in fluid, right?
3: Yeah, we did. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think we've seen we've seen very consistently is that a lot of people when you're when you're coming in inconsistently. You want the quantity to be greater instead of the quality to be greater. And so very, very much at each one of the locations, that was the big takeaway from the programming that we looked at was they were doing these 30 and 40 minute workouts and then they weren't able to come back consistently. Mm. And so that's probably the thing we've seen most often.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. This is not to pick on any of the businesses that came before, but to call out this idea a big part of the journey of fitness is unlearning things as you go along. Things that you add on, or things that other programs would add on, that need to be kind of cleared out so you can get to that focus point of what you're here for. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's not
2: even that we all didn't go through that right. ourselves. It, you know, even as uh, as coaches, it took a while for us to for us to figure that out. We all get distracted by the uh, by the bright shiny objects and um, trying to go. You know, maybe really, really heavy and really, really fast yeah. every day. And, but um, as you get uh, as you get down the road in your uh, in your fitness uh, in your fitness journey, I mean, consistent moderate exercise is infinitely better than sporadic really intense exercise.
1: Uh, one thing that I, I think a lot about, and we see it all the time, is the people equate long grueling workouts to hard workouts and short workouts to not as hard. And that's something that we'll hear from people, um, especially if they're used to doing, you know, something else or where they work out to do 30, 40 minute workout every day. The, the, this isn't hard enough. I want something that's harder. And my, my thought on that is, number one, if you're doing a 40 minute workout every day, you're never hitting anything with super hard intensity. You're no. teaching yourself to go slow and you're doing – slogging through tons and tons of reps and you're just beating yourself into the ground, you're going to be a lot more likely to get injured. You're going to be a lot less likely to show up consistently because you're just going to be so sore you can't move. And then you're training your body to go slow. And so you don't ever learn how to go fast. And, like, I can make a 400-meter run – literally the hardest thing that I've done in a month, if you push hard enough, like all you need is a a one lap around the track. And I've seen somebody be wiped out on the track for 30 minutes after running a 400 meter. We've all been there. Same one. Randy was. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: And, and and so I hope you're listening.
1: um, You know, if you're really trying, if you say my workouts aren't hard enough, um, Adrian Conway, if you guys know who that is, he, he posts something all the time and that was something big that Tommy Hackenbrook and the, the Brutes, the, you, you, CrossFit team used to always say, you don't need harder workouts. You need to go harder in your workouts. And so that's always my first response is, okay, if you want a harder workout, let's look at what you're doing and how you're doing the workout. Typically it's kind of like slow moving through the, you know, workout at a moderate pace, maybe picking weight that's too heavy. So you can't even push the intensity very hard. And if you really want a harder workout, drop the weight down and go really hard until you don't think you can hold that pace anymore and then keep going and then see what happens. And I promise you, you're going to get more results out of the ladder.
3: There's a a good example of that one time with a gym. One of them we saw before we actually took over, and the group collectively decided to add five minutes to the end of the workout that pushed it into the 35-minute-plus range for an AMRAP, and they just collectively decided, let's make it harder. Let's go five more minutes. And that just shows that your intensity was so slow that yeah you it, could do that you could do it you could yeah. just continue to add and keep going at the same pace and that kind of sums up exactly the point that I think yeah. these guys are trying to make and and
2: I've had to had this conversation when people come into the gym especially when they come from a uh, background of like maybe a body pump or boot camp, or boot camp orange series, something like that. And I have to just be upfront with, it. like, look, this is going to take a little bit. You're going to need to be a little bit open-minded, okay, because the workouts may be a little shorter than you're used to. But you need to uh, kind of switch that mind frame from being so obsessed with qu- uh, quantity of your movement and shift towards quality. right? Okay, quality, intensity, and that takes a little bit of buy-in because, you know, you can you can give somebody thruster burpees, and, um, and just tell them to go do it. And, you know, we do it. It's going to be awful. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, somebody new, you have to teach them how to do the thrusters, you've got to teach them to be comfortable with a weight that's actually going to push their intensity a little bit. So on the front end, like that's a, that's something that I, another conversation I've had to have, you know, let's learn, to do these things correctly. Okay. And then just give me, give me a couple of months. We learn to do it right. Then you're really going to start seeing what I'm talking about as far as quality of movement and intensity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and the end state of all that is results. Yes. Which, you know, I, I love. We talk about this frequently But when someone walks in like, does this work? And then you just kind of point to the class. Yes. You're like, yes, it uh-huh. works. <laughs> that really
1: is kind of mind-boggling to me the longer we've done this. And there's so many super fit people like that post on Sugar White every day. And then people will see that and think, say something like, well, this isn't hard enough. I need to do something else. I'm like, well, all these people that are really, really fit are doing this exact thing. What why would you think that that's not what you should be doing? Does that make sense? Yeah. But I th- I just don't think people a lot of times people don't look at it that way. They look at it through the the lens of themselves and uh, this doesn't work for me. Um you know, and and they kind of put themselves in there um in, in 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 the way they look at things as opposed to saying, "Well, if this works for 200, 300, 400 people, if it's if it's not working for me, it's not the thing. It's me. But yeah. I, people don't think about th- about it that way. Oh, you, you know, stepped
0: in it there. It's <laughs> yeah. got a whole room full of 400 <laughs> outliers. <laughs> <laughs> how did you find all these outliers? Yeah, yeah.
1: I actually had a, a a phone conversation with a guy uh, this week who I've known, grew up playing baseball against, and he doesn't live around here. But he was telling me that he was, couldn't believe how good of the scores a lot of people from our gym were putting up in the open. And he knew, you know, just their age and kind of what they're doing, and he was just saying, like, you know, uh, I'm really impressed with, you know, how well a lot of these people have done on these open workouts, and um, and that's just a testament to, you know, what you guys have done, and and that meant a lot to me to hear that from, hear him say that, but also I think that's uh, some people can really see that, and when when you can really see it for what it is, you realize like how how much of an anomaly it is to have. How, are me, how what seventeen nineteen people make it to semi quarterfinals um who most of them aren 't even training for it they just happen to yeah. do it, and then a whole bunch of other people right on the border to doing it you know
2: and, and it 's a testament to a culture that allows for consistency yeah. with the way that, with the way that we program and our um our big emphasis on nutrition and how to recover and how to recover and how to take care of yourself. We've been able to set it up where people can, where training just becomes a part of your life. Caleb, was it, was it you that posted that video of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger on a, on a podcast where he was talking about how, you know, training is just like waking up and deciding I'm going to have breakfast that day or deciding I'm going to brush my teeth. It's just part of what I do.
3: When something becomes a habit, it's, you don't even have to think about it. I I saw like a graph. I don't know. You guys have probably seen it, but it's a graph that talks about how much perceived effort there is to a new habit. And so for some people, when they're just starting to get into something, it's really challenging. Like for a lot of people, it is like pulling teeth to walk into the gym that day. But the longer you do something, you don't even think about it. It just is an easy thing. So for Arnold, it's like, Yeah, I brush my teeth every day. Of course, I'm going to work out every day. It just becomes an easy part of your at that point. It's like pulling teeth to not do it. Yeah, Yeah. it It really is. It It, would be more because
1: if you don't work out the whole time, you're like, gosh, I don't feel right. I got to work. Like it's like if you don't brush your teeth in the morning, like all day, you're like.
3: Uh, my
1: teeth are disgusting. I hope no I, one notices. Yeah, yeah I got a, My teeth are dirty.
3: Um, and you know, <laughs> I didn't work out today. <laughs> I hope no one notices. <laughs> it's the same with eating, though. It's yeah. the same with eating. We we work through that for people when their first three months of nutrition coaching. It's really challenging to not go through the drive-through and to bring your lunch. But then after a little while, all of a sudden, if you have to go through a drive through it's so inconvenient and you feel so gross and you come to the gym and your performance suffers so badly that all of a sudden there's nothing you wouldn't give to just have a real food meal mm-hmm. so that you feel good for the rest of the day instead of you know, just getting used to that gross feeling that for you is abnormal but for other people is their way of living. Yeah. They think that's how life feels. Yeah,
2: I just uh we just got done living with uh with my in-laws for a little bit and so like I would go uh, I would go home and make my lunch fix some uh some chicken some potatoes or rice or whatever and uh my father-in-law would come home for lunch too and sometimes he would have like a uh a cheeseburger
0: or a pizza or something like that. Like, you want some of this pizza? Like no. <laughs> I will feel I will
2: feel awful the rest of the day. Let me tell you what'll solve yeah. that. Yeah.
0: Any any lunch problem? Just do five wall walks every time you walk into a Coyote location, <laughs> and you, you will think about your food choices. Uh, yeah, you
1: know if you're going to work out later that day. If I eat this, it, my workout is going to be awful. It's going oh, to yeah. hurt so bad. Oh yeah, uh, Caleb, I I think I remember you saying something about this like, a, a month or two ago. And somebody that works out and Flowood had she used to work out at a gym where they just would do beat themselves into the wall every single day, and she was saying that she's getting stronger now, even though she feels like she's not doing near as much. Didn't, didn't somebody say that?
3: Yeah, we we have that. I mean, I can't tell you how many people go through that journey of doing so much at such a slow pace that they come in and their first question when they get done with their first couple workouts is like, are you sure this is all I need to be doing? And then that transformation starts to happen where all of a sudden their intensity goes up and whenever they are doing a strength lift, they're not so depleted that their strength that they feel like is max effort is they start to realize, oh, that's really like 70% of my strength capacity. And so all of a sudden their intensity goes up and they get stronger. And then they do their in-body scan and they realize they're putting on muscle, they're losing fat, and they get to throw away their heart rate monitor and they're not always staring at their watch trying to measure how many calories they burned. We had one lady do a testimonial and it was the coolest thing because she said she had never for years of doing boot camp type Exercise, she had never done a workout and not obsessed about how many calories. The goal was, how many calories can I burn today? And so after a year, she does her in body scan and she is leaner than she's ever been in her life and doing less and burning less calories in her workout. But the result is that her intensity's gone up. So her strength movements have gone up without her even realizing it. The perceived effort's the same, Mm. but she's moving a little more weight and all of a sudden she's leaner and has accomplished all those things that she wanted without having to obsess about doing the volume. And so we see that with people initially. A lot of times they get done with the workout, and it's like, ah, oh, they go on the rower and just, just kind of mindlessly <laughs> row for 20 minutes just to feel like they got more instead of thinking, you know what, maybe that a little lower volume for the next two days after this, the intensity is going to go up, and maybe tomorrow I'm going to be able to back squat a little bit more for my four sets of five, and that's going to translate to the goal that I had. Yeah
0: that body awareness is just so key and it's, it's hard to lock in. We've, we've spent so long being trained, in the wrong way to train, that it's mm-hmm. hard to unprogram that. But I'll, I'll tell you guys right now, I walk in, and one of the coaches says, yeah, our, our median times are like six to eight minutes. I'm like, mother. Yeah. <laughs> I know
1: what's on its I way. Hate workouts, I, so yeah. like, I hate those workouts. I If they're five minutes or less, I'm just, like, nervous about it. it. That's the only workouts so. I Like, we're running, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about this before, we're running every weekend, and running like an hour or more, and it's getting longer every week. And that's just easy to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just – it's just boring, and mm. we're not yeah. running fast. It's just steady, and but I would if for pain wise, I would rather do that. All I would rather run three hours and do a
3: three minute all out thruster oh and burpee workout. You know, yeah, where well, it's like
0: Ben meet lactic acid. Yeah. Lactic acid <laughs> we talk ben. about
3: we talk about this a lot, <laughs> just specifically for training for the open or for quarterfinals or whatever it is. But I think a progressively more challenging. 12 to 20-minute imam cycle is so much tougher than a 40-minute EMOM that's a one-off that mm-hmm. doesn't progressively get harder because when we started training over the last couple of years and doing these imams that built up, it goes from 12 to 16 to 20 minutes, but also your rep range goes up by one to two reps or calories each week. And that actually you can feel yourself getting stronger and getting fitter for mm-hmm. that time domain, and it changes your mental Capacity for what you can do in a smaller amount of time versus doing a random imam that's 40 minutes, where of course you can't hold this number of calories. And you're definitely not going to retest this 40 minute imam, the same one each week. What are you going to go to 44 minutes? That time domain is so large that you're not going to see that change. Whereas when you max out at 12 minutes and then you see yourself be able to repeat it at 16 and then you go back and then you go back to 12 with more capacity, you actually see yourself progressively improving. Um,
0: not only is it so large in so many ways it 's unnecessary it 's the point that we 're making like for the average athlete that has these particular goals you don 't have to go in four days a week, forty plus minutes it 's not necessary to get the I results would also say
1: not only is it not necessary but it 's also um, Detrimental to your goals right. because right. it's sure. going to keep you from being able to have intensity the next day, or yet being able to even show up the next day. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that's definitely a mistake that I made when I first started training to compete. As I was doing tons and tons of volume, and I just could never hit anything with super high intensity because I was always doing five, six things every single day. And then I'm teaching myself to go slower on workouts. And then when I actually get to open workout where I got to have intensity. I'm doing worse than I had to done the previous year, even though I trained way more volume wise because I've taught myself over a year to go at eighty percent effort because I'm always beat down and tired and my, my strength numbers aren't going up because I can't hit any strength stuff with intensity. Yeah. And then also you have the chance of getting injured and overuse because you're doing way more reps and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would say that kind of stuff is detrimental. And that's just something that um is is always uphill battle, um, especially when you're when you're working with people who have been doing something Another way, and maybe they had some results doing it, um, and so they think that's what they need to do to to, to make it happen, but um, you know that we're always trying to tell people, let you know we've been down this road for a really long time, and we've made a lot of errors, learn from our errors, don't make the same errors that
0: we made, mm-hmm. and have have uh adjusted and you've we're, seen Chris, you've seen people be receptive to that right, and rich oh yeah, yeah, it's like, absolutely it, it, once they understand that you care and that you've getting results yourself and you've seen results on repeated domains over and over again you've seen people get results it's like all right i'm going to trust you at least long enough to see if this is going to happen
3: well we just took it to the athlete side of it but kind of steered away from i think for people whether it's an athlete the intensity side of it or for someone whose goal is body composition change or fat loss they're going through the same thing more is going to be better because they are really um they're emotional about their goals and they want their body to change and they want to lose body fat. They want to lose weight. They want to feel better. And so for them, that sense of urgency can drive them to maybe do things physically that are counterintuitive, but feel in what all of kind of fitness culture has shown has showed them is better. Burn calories, do more. Right. And uh, one of the things that... uh that uh that crossfit
2: had said uh, had said for a long time that was really controversial was uh regardless of your fitness level your needs um vary in degree but not kind mm-hmm. you know so so yeah being uh, you know you talked about it as a uh, as an athlete you know volume you know doing so much volume keeps your intensity down and it's the same with uh it's the same with a gener- you know general population people that just want to be fit you've got to you've got to invest into those
0: other realms of fitness if you want to uh, if you want to see the results that you want to get yeah I'm, this this culture has taught me and i think a lot of people around me as well like we're all asking the question can i do hard things mm-hmm. can i do the hard thing of changing my body composition can i do the hard thing of lowering that fran time can i do the hard thing of rowing a marathon it just depends on what you're out for and there may be there are people listening like man you know what sometimes i just want to bite off that big workout Great. Well, let's put it in the category that it needs to be in. You yeah, know, this is more about your mental toughness and ability to to stay in this thing for that long than it is your overall fitness goals. Perhaps I
2: think uh, I think academia has done a really good job over the years of making getting people fit and in shape a lot more. Um, uh, making it seem a lot more difficult than it really is <laughs> right <laughs> we've it, all got to be goggins you know yeah.
1: it's not complicated yeah I mean, exactly it's really not it, re- it really is try to
2: complicate it way more yeah. than it really needs yeah. to be sure if you want to specialize in something okay we need to get into yeah. the weeds a little bit but if you but if you want to be fit man you just gotta you, gotta you gotta you gotta eat clean you gotta train hard
1: and mm-hmm. i think you know social media is a big place in that because everybody has to say something novel to get attention to what they're yeah. saying and so they have to have their own spin on it and say something that that's contradictory to what somebody else says just to get views and clicks and everything. And, you know, most of the stuff that people put out there is is trash and it's not, it's not true. You know, what is true, what works is consistent, consistently coming in and putting in a good intense effort and eating, eating, um, you know, the right amount of calories and the right types of foods and doing it every single day for your life. And you'll be fit and healthy and everything.
0: Guaranteed somebody comes up to a coach inside of the Coyote family and starts talking about their journey. I can tell you what you're going to say. Are you sleeping enough? Are you eating enough protein? Are you getting enough water? I'm like, dang it. I wanted something more <laughs> yeah. complicated than that. <laughs> right. you know? Have you been to the sensory deprivation tank? Have you? Like, <laughs> none, none of that comes up. It's like, let's get back to the basics here because that's probably where things are sideways. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it when Ben says something that quiets the room? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you killed
1: that one. Uh, yeah. one. One last thing I kind of wanted to touch on with – uh with Chris and and Richland in particular and something that we talk about and is, you know, trying to help change the culture um, in that community of making health and fitness a priority because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been harder there than I feel like any of our other locations of um, convincing people of the value of taking care of their health and fitness, because it's just not super, super high on the priority list compared to, you know, we talk about going to, you know, Austin, Texas or L.A. or New York where there's people that are, you know, eating healthy and there's healthy places to eat all the time. And people are in parks working out all the time and p- people pay literally thousands and thousands of dollars on the- for their health and fitness and gym memberships and diet coaching every month. Um, but, you know, in, in other places, it's just it's not even thought of as important. So what what's that been like, Chris, and how have you really tried to help, you know, change people's perspective on
2: making that a priority in their lives? Well, I think, um, you know, first having the conversation about, uh, about consistency over, you know, over volume and things, uh, and things like that, but also just, uh, really, really pushing our, like, a uh, our, the, the challenges that we do, uh, having them, uh, having them try the beach body challenge. And it was such an eye opener for so many people in mm-hmm. that gym that are now, uh, spending, um, Spending less of their money going out to eat, and more and uh, more of that money going to the grocery store, and putting their putting time into prepping their meals and things like that. And uh, the the results, uh, the results we've seen over there have been just phenomenal from a lot of people. The ones that have really bought into that and bought into that message of just keeping it simple, taking care of the big rocks, and seeing how um, the uh, not only is a healthy uh, healthy lifestyle you know, doable from a financial standpoint, but it's also probably a lot better from a financial standpoint. Yeah, it's
1: going to, it's going to, and cheaper in the long run. And I always laugh when people talk about how much a bag of protein costs. And I'm like, that's the cheapest protein that you're going to find anywhere. And you're, by doing that, you're going to stay fuller and you're going to feel better. And you're going to, you're going to help, help your body improve better than you would by spending, you know, going out, out to eat lunch, you know, or Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. You go out to eat lunch and you get, a sandwich, and it has fifteen grams of protein total in it, and it costs ten to twelve dollars when you can get two scoops of protein for three dollars or two dollars or whatever it is that that's fifty grams of protein yeah. you know and so if you actually and my brother it's funny he broke this out to uh his wife because I think they were talking about it, and he said this is the cheapest protein this is cheaper than any protein I can buy at the store with chicken or anything like that it's cheaper than all that, but people don't view that as Food when that's what it really is, it's supplement, but it's just protein. Just that sounds like I the did. argument
0: your brother would put out there.
3: <laughs> we literally did a post about this a couple yeah. weeks ago, Talked about the different price points per 25 grams of protein on different foods. Yeah. And macaroni and cheese was the most expensive thing that you could get for the protein. Now, not for... The quantity, the volume of stuff, but Mm. that's because it's artificial. It's just fake things. Mm -hmm. But people assume that, oh, it's macaroni and cheese. That's expensive to give protein to people to have all this protein. But when you start looking at, like, what is your body, what does your body need the most? A scoop of protein is literally the cheapest thing. If you go to McDonald's, the dollar menu burger is still more expensive than a scent protein that we sell at the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think for a lot of people, it's just shifting what constitutes food and what constitutes a meal. That's kind of the biggest thing. And when you do that, when you change, okay, I can't can't think of macaroni and cheese as a meal that shouldn't even be in the realm of possibility for what I'm going to eat. All of a sudden, healthy foods are very, very cheap. And the other thing that they're cheaper on is the time that you spend... Getting them because I mean, we gave this example earlier, but my wife and I were traveling and we went through the Chick fil A drive through and I saw that it was wrapped around. I haven't been to, we just did Beach Body Challenge. I haven't been to Chick fil A in probably two months. And we went through, and I was like, "This is double wrapped around the building." She's like, "This is the lowest I've seen this line ever." Mm-hmm. She's like, "This is going to be fine." And it took us twenty nine minutes to go through and get our food. And I was like, "Even at Chick Fil A, this, yeah, that's this right. is twenty nine minutes. This and 14 is fourteen seconds. No, it was." And then they gave us the wrong thing, and she had to run back in there and get grilled. And anyway, it was like this is the most inconvenient thing you could possibly do is pull through a drive through. Like It's not convenient. It's inconvenient because you compare it to bringing your food or going home and having food right there. And so um, I think the time that it's kind of flipped in people's mind that it's expensive, and then the amount of time that you spend for those things is not convenient. It's inconvenient. Yeah. uh, Healthy eating and prepping your food
1: um, for the week is, in the long run, going to be, even week-to-week basis, way cheaper than eating out a lot, and it's also going to save you a lot more time if you will do it because you won't have to worry about um, going to pick up lunch from somewhere and drive there, then drive back and wait in line and all that type of stuff if you have it prepped and prepared for yourself. I promise you if you'll switch from eating out you know, four or five times a week for lunch and a couple times for dinner and prep your food every week, um, you're going to save yourself hours on a weekly basis, and also you'll save yourself enough money to buy three gym memberships. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and so it ends up in the long run, you're going to, you're going to save yourself a ton of money, not to mention if you're healthy, you're going to save yourself over your lifespan way more on doctor visits and. Pills and uh, medications and all that type of stuff as 40, well. Forty forty thousand dollars
3: actually. Caleb. Yeah, Caleb. from Caleb. Caleb yeah, calculated yeah.
0: Over twenty nine minutes, forty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah.
3: from from if you're if you're someone that's in the obese range, which people are surprised that actually what obese looks like, it's not what you think of extremely obese. It's you know thirty uh, five ish percent body fat and higher. Um, if you move from the obese category to the healthy category, which would be categorized as like 27% body fat and lower, even that change, which some people in Body Challenge have done that in six weeks. Um, moving from in between those two categories from age 35 and on, the estimate is that it would save you $40,000. Um, and a side note about meal prep too. Whenever you say meal prep, like I kind of cringe because I hate the thought of having to spend Sunday afternoon like washing dishes. You had a post about this the things. other day, didn't I posted you? about yeah. it yesterday because I haven't cooked on, we haven't, Sarah and I have not cooked on Sunday in two years. Like we buy pre cooked chicken or whatever meat, and the only thing we cook is we brown lean beef. That's it. We just throw it on the stovetop yeah, or on the pancake griddle. And- it takes five minutes. Literally, yesterday we did it. Raw hamburger meat, put it on the griddle and just cook it. It it's less than five minutes, and you can do two or three pounds of that. And so it's even, you know, Hunter talking about prepping your food that doesn't need to be something that's intimidating for people. And that's I think one of the big things that people learn after they do the challenge is like, oh, this really wasn't that hard. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean I have to go and cook with all these ingredients and you know have all these all this raw meat all over the counter and all these dishes. It it really can be a very much uh, a simplified process. When I was a uh, a single man, my go to meal was
1: um, microwavable rice, microwavable veggies, and deli chicken. I'm talking I, about. I mean, I could mm-hmm. do that every single day, <laughs> and hit you know you eat the same thing every single day. You can change up the different flavors of the chicken. You can change up the veggies. You can change what kind of sauce you put on the rice and everything, and I mean, that literally takes, what, three minutes to prepare with the microwave and and you, you have meals for the whole week and it's it's healthy and it does exactly what you need it to do.
3: You just can't put a price on how you feel after eating that versus how you feel after eating uh, even a grilled chicken sandwich from out mm-hmm. to eat somewhere with all the oil and different things. It just is like once you once you cross over into that, you buy yourself time, you buy yourself a lot more money, um and you feel so much better for the rest of your day, who knows how much that adds in productivity and just your mindset and mental clarity of not having, you know, canes for lunch.
0: Yeah, I was having a discussion with a guy a couple of years ago about this topic, and especially in the American South. I mean, food just represents so much more than just nutrition. You know, there's family stuff there, and emotionally we're connected to it and all sorts of things. And he looked at me and said, man, you got to decide, do you live to eat or do you eat to live? Yeah. And- Once you make that decision, just be honest about it. And if you want to be a guy that's involved with being healthy long-term as a a cancer survivor as I am, it's like you need to be able to make the transition in your mind that you are eating to live, not that you live to eat. And I think part of the goal of this community long-term in the state of Mississippi is to spread that message far and wide, Mm -hmm. that nutrition, food serves a purpose. Not that you're, what do we always say, you're not... Eat the piece of birthday cake at the party. Right. Uh, but overall, your relationship with yeah. food is much different.
2: You don't have to make every meal an event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. In fact, I like know your go-to your meal, one. the chicken, the brown rice, and the mustard. I know it because I've seen you eat it so much. <laughs> and, that,
1: and that's why we put, moved to the white rice We put recently. that in the, in, <laughs> in the Beachbody Challenge, too. It's 90% every day. You have a 10% room for error every single day. And so, if you want to I have the piece of cake, yeah, <laughs> if you want to have the piece of cake, you can have the piece of cake and just eat eat clean the rest of the day, you know. Yeah. But don't let that piece of cake turn into a six day binge.
3: It would be really cool, I think, for Richland, especially just being a newer a newer location for us, um, as that's kind of been, I guess, how our conversation about the gym has shifted. You know, we get to see those people, and that's one of the biggest takeaways I think is now all the exercise and all the things we talk about, all the. Longer workouts, the shorter workouts, the intensity, the correct technique, the moving well, all that stuff starts to get amplified when you have that nutritional focus because people see their change. And that's when they get really fired up. And that's when they buy into, oh, I don't need to do 40 minutes because I'm going to just, I'm going to eat differently. And now that 12 minutes is going to go so much further. And so then it just kind of spirals. And that's what I've seen, I think, from the most interaction I've had with people that's most impactful. Is that shift in thinking?
2: What I'm, what I'm really excited about. Hunter look, told me yesterday we have a, we finally have an in-body machine coming to Richland, yeah. and that's just going to help so much with it. Where I can finally, I can, you can show them numbers on a page and show them like,
0: no, look, this is working. You are on the right track. Yeah, yeah, and we're we're for you. Everybody who could join in this. We're we're for you. Yeah. So this conversation could definitely trace on the rest of the day, but we got to move on to our next segment. Outside.
3: Let's yeah, reverb in the studio enough. today. I don't know. Yeah,
0: no, I don't deserve it. Stop, please. Stop, please. All right. So outside the box shifted a little bit. This is where we discuss uh, the things uh, in your life that you've just been uh, consuming or made a difference that you've been attracted to outside the outside of your what's going on inside of the fitness world in, in the gym. So nothing. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. So all right, short segment this week. No. Actually, I'll lead out. I had a, a pretty incredible experience uh, last week with my son. I would highly recommend it to anyone. But we went to the Biltmore. Have you guys heard of this? No. Yeah, Biltmore State. Yeah, mm-hmm. we went to the Biltmore, and uh, it's a—it's uh, not really about the house, but um, I don't know. You're probably the only nerd that is it, really is. It a, is it North Carolina?
2: Is that where Yeah, it yeah, yeah.
0: It's the Vanderbilt family. Uh, George uh, Vanderbilt built this. Basically, he built Downton Abbey in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you do went there? Yeah, yeah, just a, a fascinating thing. You don't even really have to go. There's so much stuff online about it. If you can get there from wherever you're listening, I highly encourage it. But what part of North Carolina, uh, just, just it's right actually in Asheville, right okay. in Asheville. I think it was kind of what started Asheville, actually. So really eccentric guy and in, involved in a lot of things. The reason I bring him up is because it takes about an hour and a half to take this tour through his house, and eventually you get into the kind of the basement part of this home that has 250 rooms or whatever. You know what's in there is it was one of the first indoor swimming pools in the U.S. Mm. Uh, but then after that, you walk out of the uh, the pool area and into a gym, All right? Mm. You know what's in the gym? Concept two uh, rower. rower. A rower. Yep. Really? Wow. A rower is in the gym. He's got a rower and a jump rope and some stuff so that he could do dips in he there. Rode. He rode, though? He rode. Yeah, he rode. So really fit guy. Died of complications of appendicitis. You can't blame that on his fitness level. When did he yeah. die? So uh, he lived to 51. Um, it was like the early 1900s. Wow. Yeah, so it was just one of those infection things. But I'm like, I'm walking through the gym like, oh, my gosh, this looks like a crossfit. It was put together in like 1910 down here. This guy was just like functional fitness was going well, on. That's Even- what That's what working out was up until all the machines started coming out in
1: the
2: – Back when, until Arnold got
1: over here in the 70s. Yeah, I kid you not, you can pull up pictures
0: of this. If you look up Biltmore Gym, you're going to see a rower, you're going to see a jump rope, a place to do dips, and then a place to climb. It was like a, a, I'm like, man, what more do you need? Good grief. They had it figured out, man. They had it figured out. So So it takes an hour and a half to walk through that house? Yeah, only 60% of it, it takes an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy, crazy experience. So, I don't know. Outside the box, that's something that happened to me where I was like, Look at these worlds coming together. That yeah, funny. Yeah. So something that I did recently.
2: Um, so I listened to I listened to a lot of podcasts. Started getting really burned out on some of them. So uh, instead, I started making different um, playlists on uh, on Spotify with. Uh, uh, so for for a long time, just with you know, h- you hear music in the gym all day, every day. A lot of times, the last thing I want to I don't know how you to guys is music. do it. I really but, don't. Um, so what? So I just started having a little fun, like just creating uh, creating some playlists. Like I made a uh, um, like a, an alternative rock kind of a post grunge playlist, and just put like a, the, what I love about Spotify is when you go to make one you put a song in and it gives you a list of like 20 songs it for you. Yeah. yeah. Some of the, yeah. And so like I'm finding, I'm finding old songs that I, that I li- used to listen to when I grew up that I hadn't listened to in a long time. And, um, I like to make really long playlists cause I don't want to think about which one I want to hear next. If I'm riding around, I just want things to just come on out. Mm-hmm. So I've got like, Different different styles of rock and country and all the playlists are like six hours long.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can share uh, these with the public.
2: I think they are. I think I have made them public. On, if you want to check them on. out,
0: yeah, they're great. I tell you something you mentioned earlier, Hunter. I'm intrigued by this marathon train. How's that going? It's going. <laughs> I mean, marathon truckers. Man, just the look that hit Hunter's face. I'm so sad people can't see. Yeah.
1: This week we actually ran on Sunday because Claire had something to do on Saturday. And I just feel like it takes me three days to recover. I'm just tired after everyone, even though we're not going super fast. um, We did six miles um, last week. Do you have to get new uh, shoes? I got some running shoes. Yeah. I went to the Fleet Feet and got some shoes. And um, I'll probably use those till June or July, then maybe get one more pair. but we were looking at some some headphones and I'll probably get some of those and start listening to some podcasts. But man, I'm just after we run, I'm tired and hungry all day. No matter how much I eat, I'm still hungry. Mm. Um, and so, anyways, it's going. I mean, it's it is kind of fun to get out there and be outside and especially now the weather's getting nicer. Like a couple weeks ago we were in, um, and um it was like cold and kind of rainy and it was miserable. But we ran on it <laughs> it was kind of funny this past uh Sunday, we ran on the Natchez Trace Trails and we had parked right by this, right over there by St. Andrews. And we were walking to the car and started stretching. And I could see somebody sitting in their car and they started pulling up. And I was like, this is kind of weird. And they yelled out, and they're like, hey, Hunter, you know where Millsaps is? And I looked at this guy that I had gone to college with <laughs> and he had just happened to pull over to make a phone call. And he, like, we ended up talking for about 15 minutes. So it was
0: pretty funny. It seems like you run into someone you know every time you're running. Yeah, that's it's like it's all weird. these stories, like yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, like because I saw James all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, no, it is. It's funny. Um, you just randomly see people when you're out and about. I mean, I guess if you're out running for an hour, it increases the chances you're going to run into somebody. Yeah, but no doubt. Yeah, yeah, it's going. It's running. It's uh, that's it. Is what it is. I guess it's not your jam. Uh I, I mean, I'm going to be one and done
0: on this. There's yeah, no doubt about it. There you it. go. Uh, Hey, speaking of one and done, we know Caleb has no life, so (laughs) that's probably can't contribute. I went
3: to the Mississippi Delta for the first time in my life uh, last weekend.
0: Wait, pause. That's not even believable news. Fake news.
3: No, we really, we had to go to a wedding at Delta State.
0: Oh, yeah, that's the Delta. That
3: is the Delta. And it was... I mean it's a it whole was lot of nothing in there. Surprisingly nothing. Yeah. Surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, was, I, so was, is it, was it nothing? Was it eye-opening? I don't, it was eye-opening. Yeah. It was eye-opening. It was um I'm not gonna say it. like I don't want to be insulting at all. Um it's kind of depressing in a little like a, a little way because
0: you can feel the isolation. Yeah, yeah. you can. It yeah. felt
3: like how I imagine living like I loved our the temperature here and the climate here, and I imagine people that have dark gloomy cold for six seven months of the year like that's kind of what i felt like there Mm -hmm. it was just like it feels gloomy you know and i think i started thinking about a lot of the things i'm thankful for being in certain places and not knowing that as your only thing it just it kind of blew my mind a little bit yeah
2: it, it all comes down to uh perspective i mean i i know i know a lot of people that were that were from the delta
0: that like came to came to school at, uh, and I played ball with they went right back to the Delta. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Just mm-hmm. a lot of people love it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like most of my friends from there, they kind of have a love-hate relationship. But, yeah. I mean, that's home. I that's...
3: mean, it was something simple. Like we went to, we were trying to get coffee for the drive back home and the only thing we could get was McDonald's coffee. Oh, yeah. Like that was the only option. How many I minutes looked did at, that was... take you? <laughs> <Do what? laughs> How
0: many minutes did that take seven you? Seven minutes. Uh, <laughs> no, it was, seven, seven <laughs> it was, it was a, a little bit coffee, quick. Man. It was a little bit quicker.
3: <laughs>
1: Than I do want yeah. to circle back to the running thing because I don't want to sound like it's all gloom and doom because th- there is something really cool about it is um, there's some other people from the gym that are um, that are going to do the same marathon. It's the St. Jude's in uh, Memphis in December and you can do like fundraiser and, and you know the, the hospital is run completely on uh, fundraising so we're yeah. going to have like a coyote a fundraising team and I think we're all going to do that together and so it'll be pretty fun but there's some people in Oxford that have been checking in and creating a group text and everything so yeah that's awesome I w- it is it's going to be really cool when we when we do it for sure I'd it's rather give direct- money than train for it <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's why I'm excited yeah so uh, all right so let's get to our recommends let's wrap this episode up today we get do we have a group of recommends anybody got something I got should-
3: a recommends so there's a show called severance on Apple TV that uh Adam Scott I think is he parks and rec yes. Adam Scott yeah, yeah. Um, it's only, so I'm kind of torn between these shows that now come out one episode a week. Um, cause you kind of lose, I guess in modern society, you lose interest waiting six whole days whole, for another golly. episode. Yeah. Catch um, up Apple. Yeah. But anyway, it's a, it's a fascinating perspective on if you were, if these people voluntarily have surgery in their, like have a brain surgery where they sever any distinction between their home life and work life. So whenever they get in the elevator to show up to work, there, they automatically switch to where they only know work, and they can't—they don't know anything about their outside life. And then they do the same thing when they get in the elevator to go home. They have no idea, idea what they do for work, and so it's just a really fascinating thing. Of if you had that distinction, everything in your life revolves around work when you're at work. And so, anyway, it's a really cool. I think it's a show. I guess it's unlike anything that I've seen before.
0: Whoa. That so, sounds intense. Um, is it intense?
3: It is. It's okay. very it's intense. It's called what now? Severance. It's very intense, but it also has a little bit of like office humor, which I think is what Adam Scott was cast for. And uh, so I would recommend it. Severance. We, we
1: started it, and then we got into Lost, and now it's just no turning back to oh the Oh,
3: boy. Finishing. Well, yeah. It's You'll so finish good. that
0: when you, after you run the marathon. We're, uh,
1: we're on season five, actually. Um Started last week,
3: season five. (laughs) No, no, six days. Man, I haven't been able to get a hold of
1: Hunter for a while on (laughs) his phone. Hey, uh, Caleb, don't call me uh, after hours. (laughs) I want you to get lost and
0: lost, man. Totally worth it, but the ending's going to disappoint you. You know this already. Uh, I've already seen it, but, you know, watching it through the second time, I understand the ending a lot better now, so I I like it. Oh, Chase agrees. All right, I got to give a recommend, and I'm only doing this because Chase isn't behind the microphone. It's just like he's here by proxy, okay? We in the Derek family finally took the leap into the air fryer universe. Nice. My wife
2: just
3: ordered one. Dude. Oh, we got them. Yeah. Yeah. I told told Katie we need to get
0: one ASAP. It makes things so easy. So, right now, my wife is taking all the dishes that we enjoy eating in restaurants and recreating them in the air fryer. And last night, we had salmon with Brussels sprouts. I mean, it's just like, and also with the mac and cheese, but you're not going to put mac and cheese. In an air fryer, unless you go to a lot of trouble, it just kind of goes, it lends you toward, all right, let's do vegetables and protein. It's a very versatile thing. I'm not saying you couldn't make an amazing mac and cheese. Uh, but man, this air fryer, so quick, so healthy. I'm fired up about it. I think ours was like 100 bucks and change because we got the extra large capacity because uh, I'm an extra large kind of guy. You know, <laughs> Sorry, I had to put that joke I just want
1: to know who goes to a restaurant and
0: orders salmon and Brussels sprouts. My wife gets the fish every every restaurant we go into. If really? there's fish available, mm. huh. she gets the fish. Yeah. Yeah. We have salmon once a week in our house anyway, but I was doing it on the green egg outside. And, you know, you it's can, a lot. It's a lot of work, yep. you know. So put it in the air fryer. And I was like, I was ready to hate it. And man, was it good. So anyway, if you got an extra cool. hundred bucks, you know who you are. Yeah. Go get one of those air fryers. All right. Great episode, guys. Good.
3: First two seasons of Marcos on Netflix. Rewatch it if you haven't watched it or if you have watched it. Special ever made. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Narcos was good.